Okay, I'm going to just um, share the Word of God with us this morning. Pastor Andy yesterday was running a Soul Winner Boot Camp um, over the course of one day in Beckenham, which is in South London, and he's there speaking in the church there today. And um, so let's keep uh, Pastor Andy in, in our prayers today. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that as he speaks, even now, this morning, Father, bless him. Lord, fill him with wisdom and your word to speak. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, Ignition, I think, are going out now. That's years seven and eight. And some year nines, I think, as well. So, going to Ignition. Others are staying in. Lots are staying in. That's good. As in, you guys, you're all staying here. That's good that you're not walking out now. Um, So, today, we're going to start a new um, theme, series. It's just three weeks. And for the next three weeks, including today, we're going to talk about pathways. So um, we've been talking about Kairos, um, being born for such a time as this, recognizing um, the moment that we're in, recognizing when God is speaking, when God is saying something. And we really believe that this is an ongoing theme, actually. It's, it's just oh, what we've done over the last four or five weeks with Kairos is, is simply said, this is what we, we think... Um, God wants to be doing in this time, um, and this is what we want to be open to the voice of God um, in this time. And, and, and as we talk about pathways over the next three weeks, um, we really think that this is what God wants us to talk about um, in this moment. So, and when you, when you kind of um, find what God wants you to say, uh, that really helps because it, it means that lives are going to be impacted by what you say. So please um, have your, your listening ears, the, uh, the ears and the eyes of your heart open today, uh, because I, I believe that God wants to speak to each one of us this morning through what I'm going to share. So I'm going to talk about pathways. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about pathways or roads. And in the Bible, there were many times that God took people on a, an actual physical journey. He called people to move from one location to another, and he directed them to get from A to B. Um, that happens on a number of occasions in the Bible. For example, Abraham, who originally grew up in Ur of Chaldees, moved to Haran, was called to go from Haran, from his homeland, to Canaan, to the land of promise. And it says in Hebrews 11 verse, it's actually verse 8, so that might not be right on the screen. Uh, it says, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Anyone ever been on one of those journeys? Got in the car, started the engine, and you know you're going somewhere, but you're not quite sure how to get there. And uh, a lot of men do this. You're like, I think I know how to get there. I think, I, I think you go this way, this route. And I'm like this. I'm like, yeah, I know the roads of the United Kingdom very well now. I know how to get there. Um, but isn't it useful when you switch Google on and it says, don't go that way because there's, there's been an incident or there's roadworks and there's congestion. Maybe go that way instead. Um, and, and I wouldn't know that if it wasn't for Google Maps um, or other map apps that are available. Um, so... Abraham left his homeland not knowing where he was going. And I find that really interesting because um, God had called him. He'd said, I'm going to give you a new land, a land of promise. 
Abraham took with him his family, his relatives, his cattle and his flocks, his livestock, um, his, all his servants. It was a massive operation for Abraham to leave. And imagine when they said, so where are we going, Abraham? I don't know. I don't know where we're going, but we're going somewhere where God's going to tell us as we go. That's a big step of faith, isn't it? Hello? All right, okay, just checking. You're still there after two minutes of speaking. Okay, and the children of Israel in the wilderness, um, they were on this physical journey. And, and, and in fact, their journey was 40 years of going around in circles, basically. But every time the cloud, uh, the pillar of cloud moved in the daytime, and every time the pillar of fire moved at, at night, they had to pack up camp and follow. And this was a ma- massive operation. There were hundreds of thousands of people, including women and children, and all of their belongings that had to pack up camp and move when the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire moved. So this was a huge operation. This was a physical journey that they had to go on. Of course, we all know about Jonah, don't we? God had called him. He said to Jonah, go and prophesy, give a message to the people of Nineveh, tell them that if they don't repent, If they don't turn away from their wicked ways, then I'm going to destroy their city. And Jonah's like petrified, doesn't want to go to Nineveh. So he he, um, gets on a boat with some sailors and he sails off into the ocean. Then the storms start blowing and Jonah's thinking, what is going on here? I realize that it's because of him their ship is going to get taken down by the storm. And so he says, throw me overboard. They throw him overboard. He gets swallowed by a big fish, which we assume is a whale. And, um, and then he's spat out after three, um, on the third day, onto the beach, um, where he then kind of sorts himself out, goes to Nineveh, and, and, and gives the message to the people of Nineveh. And, and it, you know, that story just kind of reminds me that you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> when it comes to God's call on your life, um, you know, Jonah didn't want to do the things that God had called him to do. And he tried running away from what God had called him to do. Um, but God's got this way of, you know, most of the time, gently, uh, kind of bringing us back to where we're meant to be on that journey. And, of course, another journey um, that we read about in the New Testament is the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says this, A vision of Paul appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, is this on the screen? Okay, uh, Acts 16, verse 10. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, Paul was actually trying to go to lots of different places at this time, wasn't able to, something kept stopping him, and then he had this vision, and he, when he went to Macedonia, of course, um, he, was, uh, he fulfilled what God wanted him to fulfill, and there was great fruit in doing that. So there's lots of people in the Bible who went on physical journeys. They, they, their journey was about an actual, an actual location that they were going to. Um, but most of the time, when the Bible talks about paths, when the Bible talks about roads, it's talking about the course of your life, the course of your life. Not so much a physical journey, but where your life is heading. There are lots of lessons that we can learn from Abraham and from the children of Israel, from Jonah, and from the Apostle Paul. 
uh, regarding the course of our lives. For example, Abraham, the fact that he had to step out and go by faith on this journey just reminds us that when you walk with God, it's a journey of faith, isn't it? Doing things God's way takes faith because you're opposing the way that the world does things. Um, When you take God's path, that can be a very difficult path in the midst of this world. The children of Israel in the wilderness, following the pillar of of fire, the the pillar of cloud, um, that represented the presence of God. So it's important um, as we endeavor to to live out God's path for our lives that we we follow God's presence, that that we're aware and, and very much Um, going after God's presence in our lives. Because actually, without God, we can't do anything effective. As as ambassadors of God's kingdom, as citizens of God's kingdom, you can't live an effective life without God's presence in your life. Jonah, of course, reminds us that even when we go the wrong way, there is hope. There 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 is another opportunity to get back on the path. And, of course, the Apostle Paul just reminds us that we've got to be sensitive to where God is leading us. So we're talking about the course of our lives. Now, in order for our lives to take a healthy course, we have to make wise choices. Everyone say wise choices. Okay. Now, wise choices don't come naturally to all of us, do they? So where do we find our wisdom from? God, the Word of God, the Bible. Where else do we find our wisdom from? People, people around us, good people. You know, I I think when it comes to my sons and my daughter, one of their greatest sources of wisdom is their parents. We have incredible wisdom. Um, They don't recognize it sometimes, most of the time. Um, But, hey, Bing's nodding over there. We've got great wisdom, haven't we? Us parents, right, good. All the parents, yeah? Yeah, right. So in Proverbs chapter 4, we're instructed to give careful thought to the paths that our lives take. Proverbs 4 verse 26, it says, Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. Is that on the screen? Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. I'm going to say it again. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. In other words, when you give careful thought to the paths that your feet are taking, you will become steadfast in all your ways. It's good to know, isn't it? So as our loving Father, and that's who God is to us, God has our best in mind. Amen? God's got our best in mind. He loves you. He is for you. He, he is with you. Even when you feel like you're alone, God is with you. And he's got your best in mind. It's his desire, his heart's desire, that you would take a good path in your life. That your life would take a healthy course. His will for you is perfect in every way. So God desires that we would make wise choices and take his path for our lives every day. Amen? Now, when I'm talking about God's path for our lives, what do I actually mean by that? Well, I mean two things. In the context of what I'm talking about today, 
I mean two things when I talk about God's path for our lives. Number one, I mean walking in the ways of God's kingdom. I was having a conversation with someone else before church today. And we were just recognizing that the ways of the kingdoms of this world are very different often to the ways of God's kingdom. Now, I think the world is is a great place. There's a lot of great things um, happening. There's a lot of great people around us. But at the end of the day, walking God's path, his right path, his path of righteousness, um, takes guts and takes courage in this world because the world is is going on all sorts of different paths that contradict the, the, the way of God's kingdom. Isn't it? And we've got, to, we've got to have courage to take God's path for our lives. So that's one thing I'm talking about when I talk about God's path, walking in the ways of God's kingdom. But the other thing I'm talking about is taking God's specific path for our lives. So let's just talk about walking in the ways of God's kingdom, first of all. And over the next couple of weeks, um, I think we're going to try and unpack some of these thoughts a little bit more. So walking in the ways of God's kingdom. God wants you to walk in the ways of his kingdom. This is called the path of righteousness or the path of right living. And you have access to this amazing path, this brilliant path, because you've put your faith in Christ. The moment you put your faith in Christ, your feet were planted on the path of righteousness. But it's a daily choice to walk along that path. Now, in John chapter 10, Jesus talks about being the door or the gate of the sheepfold. The door or the gate of the sheepfold. And we access God's path for our lives, the path of righteousness, through Jesus, through Christ. And the, the moment you put your faith in Christ, your sin is removed from your life. It's, it's forgiven. You repent of your sin. You say, God, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go your way now. And you put your faith in Christ. Your sin is forgiven. You are given access to the path of righteousness. But that doesn't mean that you're going to just walk on that path now every day without doing anything. Um, You've still got to decide, make a daily choice that I am going to go God's way. I'm going to take God's path for my life. Everyone getting that? It's really important that we understand that taking God's path isn't just about saying yes to Jesus once. It's about saying yes to Jesus and then saying, right, now, God, I want to walk your path. I want to do things your way. So it's a daily choice to walk on this path. As we do, when I read Deuteronomy chapter 30, I read about how God made this promise to his people that as they would choose the path of life, their lives would be blessed and flourish and and would prosper. So let's read about this, remembering that we've been given access to this path through Jesus. So Deuteronomy 30, hopefully this is going to appear on the screen. Well done. Verses 15 to 20. It says, now listen. Today, I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commandments, his commands, his decrees and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you're about to enter and occupy. 
But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you'll certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. Verse 19. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Listen to this. This is the heart of God. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. What is it? What's the key? Loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the, lo- in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this is God speaking to his people, the children of Israel. And he is, he is encouraging them. He is exhorting them wholeheartedly to make choices that will cause their journey, their, the course of their life, to be blessed and to prosper. It's God's desire that we would make those good choices um, so that we walk a healthy course of life. That's the heart of God. And, this, and we see that the key to doing that is to loving God, obeying him, and committing ourselves firmly to him. Matthew chapter 11, I think, gives an amazing picture of this of what happens when you love God, when you obey him, and when you commit yourself firmly to him. Let's read Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Now I'm thinking about life. Life sometimes can be wearying. Life sometimes can, can feel like you're carrying heavy burdens. And Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. In verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now, I think this gives an amazing picture of loving Jesus. When when you love someone, you come to them. And Jesus says, come to me. And, and my love for, for Jesus makes me come to him. It makes me want to draw alongside him. And then he says, um, take my yoke upon you. Now, this, he's given the picture of farming. And, and, and the older, mature, wiser, stronger ox would be there um, for the younger, less mature, less wise ox. That's us, by the way. And Jesus is the older, wiser one. And he says, come to me. Come, come alongside me and now take my yoke upon you. The yoke was the piece of wood that went across the top of the necks of the oxen that was strapped to them so that they would be coupled together. That's the picture there. There's a coupling together of my life and Jesus. He says, take my yoke upon you, right? So, so that's about obeying him. And, and then committing ourselves firmly to him is simply then walking with him. He says, my yoke is easy. You know, when you couple your life to Jesus, you, it becomes much easier to do the journey of life. And not only that, the things that you carry, the responsibilities that you have, like the plow that the oxen would pull along, 
become much lighter. The, the responsibilities we have become much lighter when we are coupled firmly to Jesus. So love the Lord. Come to him. Um, obey him. Take his yoke upon you. Be, be, be connected to him. Be coupled to him. And, um, and, and then f- firmly follow his commands. In other words, let's walk with Jesus. And that is the key to, I think, to, to walking the righteous path, to walking a path, the path in life that God wants us to walk as his people, as his children, who is called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He's called us to live differently to the world around us. He's called us to be light in this world, to reflect the light of his kingdom. He's called us to be salt in this world, to have a different flavor, to carry the flavor of God's kingdom into this world. Amen? That's what God's called us to do. And I just want to encourage you today. It, it's simple, and it starts with loving the Lord. Just, just let that be the goal of your life today, to love the Lord, to love Jesus, to come to him and to trust him, to couple your life to him, to walk with him and to trust him as he takes you on his path. We find when we do that, we share in the strength of the one that we're coupled to. Jesus wants you to share in his strength today. And when you do that as well, you share in his wisdom. You partake of his wisdom. Jesus wants you to do that today too. Amen? So his wisdom. We, we find some more of this wisdom in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 to 19. It says this. My child, listen to me and do as I say. And you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. Don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving on the path of righteousness. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Verse 18. But the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines even brighter until the full light of day. I love that verse there. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. When you take God's path, In this life, when you take his path of of right living, of righteousness, do things God's kingdom way, um, your life will just become brighter and brighter until that day when you meet Jesus, either because you pass away in this life or because Jesus returns. That is the full light of day. Amen? And then verse 19, but the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. I just want to encourage you. Go the way of God. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. The, the, the church in this age, in this day, is full of compromise. I'm not talking about family church. I'm just talking about the church. And, and I desperately want us to be a people who know and go God's way. You can. It's not easy, is it? right? But it's possible. It's not easy, but it is possible. 
It's possible because of God's strength that he wants to share with you because of his wisdom that he wants to share with you. And so if we focus on just loving Jesus, if we focus on loving him and walking with him, the rest will, it will just happen. And then the other path that I just want to talk about today briefly is God's specific path for our lives. So the path of righteousness, the path of, of doing God's, things God's way, that's one path that we've just spoken about and we're going to talk more about over the next couple of weeks. But also um, God's specific path for your life. God has a specific path for your life. God, God has a calling, a, a plan, a purpose for your life. And I know that because in Ephesians 2 verse 10 it says this, For we are God's masterpiece. Why don't you just turn to the person next to you and say, you're a masterpiece. Oh, yes. Someone just felt good then. <laughs> All right. You're a masterpiece. He has created us anew. Is this one on the screen, Ephesians 2.10? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things that he planned for us long ago. You hear that? God planned things for you long ago. Probably before you even came to the knowledge of God. Probably when you were knitted together in your mother's womb. God planned things for you. You're his masterpiece. And when you came into relationship with God through Christ, you can now do these good things that God planned for you long ago. God will never force you to take his path. He will always love you. You will always be saved simply through your faith in Christ. But as you walk according to the ways of God's kingdom, you take the path of right living, then you'll align yourself with God's specific plan for your life as well. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says this, I beseech you. That means I strongly urge you. Brethren and sistren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So in other words, presenting ourselves to God for his use, making ourselves available to God every day, is the least we can do. It's our reasonable service. In the light of what Jesus did for us, it's the least we can do. And then verse 2 says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, in other words, that you may know and, and live out what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has a plan for each one of us individually which is good, acceptable, and perfect. What does that mean? It's good. It's not evil. God's plan for your life is good. It's not evil. <laughs> also, it's acceptable. In other words, it's the most pleasing thing that you could do. And God's plan for your life is perfect. There is nothing better than living for God. There is no better plan for your life than God's plan for your life. And chill out. Don't worry about how you're going to discover that plan. Just walk God's ways. Because as you walk his path of righteousness, you will become aware 
of doors that are opening for you regarding God's specific plan for your life. You'll align yourself with God's specific plan for your life as you live for his kingdom. To take God's plan for our lives, according to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we present ourselves to God. Two things. Present yourself to God as a living sacrifice every day. That speaks of simply being surrendered to him, available for his purposes. And secondly, align your thinking with God's ways rather than being conformed to this world. It's so easy to be conformed to this world. It doesn't take any effort at all. We're surrounded by the world. We're surrounded by the world through the news, through social media, through the internet. There's, there's lots of world around us, and it doesn't take any effort to be conformed to this world. But the challenge for us as believers, don't be distracted. Just listen to what I'm saying. The challenge for us as believers is that we are not conformed to this world, but our minds, our thinking is aligned with God's way of doing things. And I just encourage you, that can only come one way, through the Bible and through the Bible being taught. That's, that's how it happens, okay? Get a prayer life. Read your Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life and to help you uh, to understand what the Bible says about God's kingdom. That's the only way it can happen. And then we can live out God's plan for our lives. So we're going to dig more into those things over the next couple of weeks. But I just want to take a moment just to pray at the end of the service. Um, And I want to pray, the main thing I want to pray today is that you will have the courage to live for God's kingdom. That, That you as Christian people, as children of God, as believers, will have the courage to live for God's kingdom. And that you will know in your heart, you will know when your life is veering off of God's um, path of righteousness. I'm going to pray that this week you feel so uncomfortable doing things that don't honor God. (laughs) I'm going to pray that this week you feel so utterly not in the right place when you are being conformed to this world. And I'm going to pray that um, your heart becomes so filled with love for Jesus that you just want to live for his kingdom. That's what I'm going to pray. And I'm not saying stop being in this world. I'm not saying stop hanging around with people in this world because how are we going to reach people otherwise? But what I am saying is be different. Dare to be different. Amen? Dare to be different. Young people, dare to be different in this world. The world wants to suck you into its way of doing things. Dare to be different to this world. I'm looking at the first couple of rows because that's where some of the young people are sitting, but there's also young people all around the room. Dare to be different. When it comes to living for God, dare to be different. Amen? Because it's not easy. Who knows it's not easy? But it is possible. Uh, Would you all just stand with me? I just want to pray. Please don't anyone leave the room at the moment because I just want to pray And I want to make this a moment where we meet with God. So let's just um, be sensitive to what God's doing in this moment as the band starts to play. Father, let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, I thank you so much for each and every single person in this room. 
Lord, who are my church family. Many not here today. Many haven't arrived yet. Some are struggling. But Lord, for each person in this room today, Lord, I thank you that we would be people who are full of courage when it comes to living for you. Lord, I thank you that we would be people, Lord, who make the decision to be uncompromised when it comes to living for God, when it comes to living for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that we would be people whose hearts are just so filled with love for you that we come alongside thinking of that picture of you as that wise, mature, strong oxen, that we come alongside you, that we willingly couple our lives to you and we go where you go. That's my prayer, Lord. And my prayer also, Lord, is that we feel so uncomfortable when, when we find ourselves compromising, when we find ourselves doing things the world's way. Lord, thank you that you're full of grace. Thank you, Lord, that you're full of mercy and forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that whenever we mess up, Lord, you bring us back. Lord, that's what you do. Lord, you're very patient. Lord, you're, you're so loving and kind towards us. And I pray, Lord, that a revelation of your amazing love for us would cause us, Lord, to, to take your path of righteousness every day. And Lord, for those who are struggling to know what your specific path is. Lord, for those who are just not sure what that might look like. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you would, as we walk your path of righteousness, you would just show us the doors that you're opening. And you'd remind us, Lord, that there is nothing better. There is nothing better. There's nothing more good, more pleasing, more acceptable, more perfect than living for you, than doing your will. Lord, let your will be done. Even Jesus had to say, let your will be done. He walked the path of righteousness perfectly. But he even, had, even Jesus had to say to the Father, let your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Lord, may that be our prayer today. Your will be done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just as we stand, we're going to just sing just the chorus of, of that song, Behold. Um, but um, before we do that, if there's anyone here today and you've never uh, made the decision to walk with God, you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never accepted that incredible gift that God gave in Jesus, then today you have the opportunity to do that. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment that we'll all pray together. But in this moment, you just need to know, if you're visiting today, if you're new to church, if you've never said yes to Jesus, you need to know that God loves you so much that he gave Jesus his son. Jesus died on the cross. Why did he do that? For you and me. We had this thing called sin. It separated us from God. It was living life our way. It was everything that we've ever done that isn't pleasing to God. And Jesus on the cross paid the price for our sin. He took the punishment. But not only that, in exchange, he made us right with God. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. And we know that when we die, when we leave this earth, 
we will also rise with him and live for eternity in heaven. And that is an amazing thing to know. What a peace that brings to a person's life when they know that their eternity is sorted. That you have peace with God. So let's pray this prayer. Everyone together, please. Say, Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and you make all things new. I surrender to you and want to take your path for my life. So please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Just uh, Would you just bow your heads? If anyone said that prayer today, um, I'd like you to do one more thing for me, and that is just um, to let me know that you prayed that prayer, that you've made your peace with God this morning. So would you just raise your hand wherever you stand? Just raise your hand and say, I'd pray that prayer. Thank you. That's wonderful. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? You just made your peace with God. You prayed that prayer that says, God, I want to live for you. I want to know you. I want to know your plan for my life. Anyone else this morning? Thank you so much. You can put your hand down. So if you prayed that prayer, if you just raised your hand, and even if you didn't, there's a banner at the back. It says, best decision ever. Best decision ever. Why don't you go and talk to someone at the back afterwards um, about that decision that you just made to accept Jesus and to take God's path for your life.